Welcome to episode 108 of the Happiness Playbook, a podcast that supports your happiness practice through application of the four play theory principles. Be present, let go and play, accept and build, and look outward. I'm your host, Larie Florence, and today we're talking about what happens when we don't want to be present. But before we get into that, it's time for a highlight reel. Dylan Brennan, a British 16-year-old, recognized that he was spending too much time on video games during the COVID lockdowns. But what to do with all that time and anxious feelings about a worldwide pandemic? He chose to self-publish a fantasy novel called Noble Betrayed, and people are buying it. What a great investment of time instead of just spending, or worse, wasting your time. If you like J.R.R. Tolkien and epic fantasy, I'll leave a link to the story and also for where you can buy the book on Amazon in the show notes. All right, time for our team huddle. A big shout out to Sarah who left these thoughts on iTunes. Thanks, Larie, for all of your hard work to produce such helpful content. After listening today, I'm going to send an email to an old high school friend who has been on my mind of late. It's been a few years since we've talked, so I'm opting to get over my awkward feelings and reach out. I enjoy the lessons I learn each week from this podcast. Thank you for sharing that, Sarah. And way to look outward, leaving a note, and way to look outward by reaching out to your friend that I'm sure will love to hear from you. Okay, for those of you listening the week when this episode is published, how did you do on last week's play of the week that had to do with Halloween? Did you let go and play and go all out on your Halloween costume or your decorations? If you aren't into Halloween, were you able to observe all of the hullabaloo around Halloween with curiosity and interest instead of passing judgment about others' choices? Personally, I'm always amazed at other people's creativity, whether I choose to be creative or not. If you're not a big Halloween fan, maybe you found yourself stuck at a party or passing out candy when you'd rather be holed up watching a movie. So how do you handle being somewhere you'd rather not be? Here at the Happiness Playbook, we talk a lot about the power of being where you're at or being present. It's one of the most important tools we can use to build happiness. Ironically, some people try to find happiness by not being present and instead escaping their reality through drug use or checking out of now and instead checking into mind-numbing addictions like gambling or other screen activities. I personally am guilty of playing Sudoku for hours on my cell phone when I'm super stressed. In today's culture, a lot of us struggle with this one, and for good reason. We're constantly bombarded with information and distractions. Even when we're doing one thing, we have access to a million other things in the palm of our hand. Phone addiction with all the possibilities and constant connection to other events and ideas is a real problem. We can get lost in an online game and end up passing on opportunities in real time or neglecting relationships that are literally in the same room as us. This tendency to escape our real lives and trading it for something in the virtual world 
is very understandable. Back in Hollywood's golden era, crowds flocked to the pageantry and impossibly perfect worlds an evening at the pictures offered as an escape from the despair of the depression and the harsh realities of a war-torn world. Today, we want to escape from a variety of negative emotions not limited to the pain of unmet aspirations, anxiety about an uncertain future, and the despair of disappointment. And we don't have to go to the theater to do it. When we're feeling something awful, it's natural to want to escape. We try to buffer from uncomfortable feelings. An extreme example of this is the act of intentional cutting. Sometimes, when someone is in so much emotional pain, they'll inflict a physical wound through self-harm to draw their mind away from the emotional pain and replace it with the physical pain. For anyone who tries to dismiss emotional suffering as something that's just in your head, share that idea with them. Emotional pain is real and it sucks. Some ways of buffering are more socially acceptable, like drinking alcohol to numb negative feelings and increase feelings of well-being. Others may turn to drug use, illegal or prescription medications. Did you know hardcore aerobic exercise can also do the trick to pull our mind away from the mental suffering and into our physical suffering instead? The upside to exercise is it creates more feel-good chemicals like dopamine and endorphins, whereas drugs and alcohol leave the user with negative effects. Ideally, we would all follow Dylan Brennan's example, and instead of losing ground during an emotionally challenging time, we could take action to achieve a long-time goal. But sometimes it's all you can do to keep on keeping on, so buffering through pain is very understandable. And everyone will experience pain, both physical and mental, at some time in their life. And when we do, it's natural that we'll want to avoid feeling it by not being present with it. So we all need a plan on how we'll deal with these uncomfortable episodes that will inevitably happen to all of us. Do you have a plan about what you'll do when you don't want to be present with the feelings you're experiencing? It's natural to want to avoid them when they arise, but stuffing them away or denying them isn't what will serve you in the long run. Maybe you can find something positive in the experience. Maybe you'll learn something that couldn't be taught in any other way. Maybe you'll gain empathy for others who've had similar experiences. And empathy is invaluable in helping us find connection and belonging essential components to our well-being. Sometimes we do need to escape an emotion we can't handle in the moment. A couple of years ago, well, a year and a half ago, I was directing a Midsummer Night's Dream for our annual Shakespeare in the Park performance. On the morning of our dress rehearsal, my beloved cat, Steve, started acting strange. I realized he was really sick, so I called my vet to see if they could see him but they were totally booked up and not able to get him in. Fun fact, did you know there's a vet shortage? Really? Anyway, I had to wait hours for him to be seen by another vet in another city. As I anxiously waited with him in the car, because we couldn't go into the waiting room because it was COVID, I feverishly continued to work on a costume 
that needed to be finished before the dress rehearsal later that day. After examining my cat, Steve, the vet decided that she would need to keep him overnight, and so I left him there and went to the rehearsal with my stomach in knots and tears near the surface. I was feeling terrible, but I couldn't feel terrible and do the job that needed to be done at that time. The entire cast was depending on me, and I had to show up for them, which meant I had to stuff my anxiety and heartache for my dear kitty way down into a corner of my psyche that I tried desperately to avoid until the rehearsal was over and I could let myself process all the possibilities that the vet had discussed with me earlier. After the rehearsal, I waited out that night in desperate hope that the vet could meet my cat Steve's needs and that he'd be better in the morning. I called first thing to check on him. No change. I called again at noon. No change. I called again before the vet closed for the night. No change. I was growing more and more worried and less and less hopeful for a positive outcome. My heart was heavy. Steve was experiencing kidney failure and he wasn't responding to the medication the vet was giving him. The next day, my husband and I drove to the neighboring city to see Steve and have the impossibly hard conversation about end-of-life decisions. My heart shattered when the vet brought Steve into the room so we could sit with him one last time. He was obviously suffering. He was listless. His breathing was labored. He barely moved and was heavily panting. There was no recognition of us in his eyes, and it took every molecule of my love for him to say the words that would let him go. I so desperately wanted him to stay with me, but seeing him suffering in so much pain with no possibility of improvement was too much. I left that building in terrible emotional pain. The sobs were deep and long-lasting, and somehow I had to regroup and lead a troop of 30-plus teens through an opening night of Shakespeare in the Park in front of crowds of hundreds. Did I buffer from those feelings? You bet. I dug down deep and used every tool I could employ to escape the devastating feelings I was experiencing and instead tried to focus on the other world of real feelings I was dealing with that were understandably overshadowed by my sorrow. Excitement about the show coming together. Interest in the participants' well-being. Hope that the audience would like the performance. Concerns about the sound techs and the lighting and scenery and that they would all come together without any glitches. My present feelings, apart from my grief, held me in a protective bubble, separating me from the depths of despair that awaited me when this momentary bubble would eventually burst. And it did. After the show, as soon as I climbed into my car, the tears came and I was overwhelmed with all of the emotions that I'd been holding back throughout the evening. In the pain I let wash over me, I felt relief. I had to do it all over again for each of the shows during the run, focusing my attention on what was right in front of me to distract me from the emotions consuming me. With time, the pain has lessened 
eventually fading into long stretches of days and even weeks that I don't feel grief for my beloved kitty. I'm still surprised at how an unbidden memory will drift into my mind to be followed by a cascade of sorrow and longing for what is now lost. I find it rather hard to parse out what is being present and what isn't in these moments. The emotion arises from a memory that is clearly from the past, but the longing for my cat is clearly in the present. I try to reframe it as an indication of how much I loved Steve the cat, and then can I turn it one more time into a sense of gratitude that I had the chance to love Steve the cat? If I can do this, I win, because gratitude is a powerful emotion that heals a multitude of sorrows. Some say that all pain and suffering are caused by resistance. Maybe I grieve because I'm resisting that I can't have my kitty anymore. Maybe the path through grief to peace is feeling gratitude for the privilege of having had him in my life for a time while also accepting that that time is now over and I've now lost him. This idea is beyond the scope of today's episode, but it's a great question to ask. Am I resisting or accepting this circumstance? Dr. Seuss got it right when he said, don't cry because it's over, smile because it happened. I can also remember that if I didn't love Steve as much as I did, and if he wasn't such an amazing cat, which was a privilege to share time with, then I wouldn't feel as sad as I do. I don't grieve all of my lost pets at the level that I grieve Steve. When my children were old enough to leave the nest and head off to college, my friends would sometimes ask if I was having a hard time with their departure. And I would reply, I'd rather be sad that they're gone than happy about it. It's appropriate to yearn for what we love. In her podcast, Better Than Happy, Jody Moore talks about clean pain. When terrible things happen, the last place we think we want to be is present with that pain. What if that is the only way to move through the pain? To be with it, to experience it, to let the tears come and flow down your cheeks until the wave of emotion has subsided and you're ready to step through to the other side where you are now present in a place that has been changed by your acceptance of what you're experiencing. Okay, we're getting kind of meta here, but we've all experienced how different we feel after a good cry. Remember being a child and letting the tears flow after that crash on the bike or a fight with your on and off best friend slash worst enemy? Healthy children don't try to sideline emotions, squashing them into spaces within our psyche, leaving them to fester and morph into hardened fears and clenched emotions. Instead, they allow themselves to be present with the pain and discomfort. They let it all out, and then, if they are well supported, they collapse into the arms of a loving caregiver who validates their very real pain and suffering. And do you know what comes from this inability to stuff an emotion down or hide a pain from others? Release. Release from the pain. Release from the suffering. Then, as the tears slow, so does the breathing, 
And as each breath deepens, a feeling of peace and recovery begins to percolate up and out until what remains is peace. I hope you won't lose anyone you love anytime soon, but the reality is we're all gonna suffer loss and experience pain. And when you do, I hope you can remember to use the tools of being present where it best serves you until you can be fully present with the pain, accepting the loss and letting it wash over and through you, changing you. Here's the play of the week. Sometime this week, you'll face a disappointment or a loss. When you find yourself trying to escape your current life experience because of some disappointment or loss, and you're trying to buffer with food, alcohol, social media, TV, or other distractions, ask yourself, would I be better served by being fully present with my pain at this time rather than running from it? Is there something I can learn from this discomfort? Am I mortgaging part of my future by postponing dealing with this now? Sorry, today was a bit of a downer, but that's the reality of life. We will all have days that are dark and dreary. We can either learn from them or let them define us. Being present with our emotions and our long-term desires will give us the best chance for our ultimate well-being and long-term happiness. Thanks for sticking with me and hearing me out. I'd love it if you take a few seconds to brighten my day when you're listening to this episode on your iPhone by just scrolling down to where the stars are and click on a five-star rating. And if you have a minute or even 30 seconds, drop us a review while you're there. I would love it. Until next week, keep practicing your happy. You've got this.